listening to Female VC Lab, a podcast that showcases the journeys of female investors. My name is Barbara Bickham, and I am an award-winning CTO and VC that teaches companies and investors about emerging technology. I am sitting down with female VCs and investors to talk about their funds, how they invest, and how they make an impact. Welcome to the Female VC Lab podcast. Today I have Ba. Ba, in one line, give me your name, your title, and the name of your fund. Hey, Barbara. Thank you for having me. I'm Ba Minozi. I'm the founder and CEO of House of Funds, venture capital firm working with influential folks. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Tell me a little bit about what inspired you to become a venture capitalist or an investor. I was born and raised in Brazil, so I didn't have exposure to venture until I was in my mid-20s, but I was always very purpose-driven. And I first worked on investment world in the private equity side Mm -hmm. of things, but working with low-income houses on the first year that we launched low-income houses program in Brazil. And Mm -hmm. Yeah, so with that, I got great exposure to the investment world and again, purpose and cause and working with things that I truly cared about. But it wasn't still my world, especially because Brazil is very sexist. There's just like a lot of walls that I had to overcome there. But when I came to the US, I was still working in private equity and I started getting exposure to angel investments. Okay. And really, I always was a bookworm. So I started reading nonstop about VC, angel investing and impact investing. Mm-hmm. And actually, when I heard about impact investing through, there's a guy called Sir Ronald Cohen. Uh, he's in UK. He has been the godfather of impact investing. And I, I fell in love more about his thesis than venture in general. Oh, but he started as a VC. And then he evolved. He's very senior now. So he evolved to be an impact investor. But as I learned his trajectory, and he was 27 when he launched his first fund. Oh, wow. I was still 26 when I read that book. I was like, okay, I have a chance. You know, he started late compared to everyone else that I was seeing. They was like, so I'll be a VC and I'll be an impact investor and I'll only work with things I truly care and I'll help founders. And I really saw from his vision and I, that I still believe in seeing VC as a philanthropy strategy, especially early stage. If you do manage to take the risk that it takes to be backing early stage founders, you were making so good for the world. Yeah. And that was what captivated me. Wow, that's wonderful. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your investment thesis and what's the motivation behind your thesis? I like to say we invest in sexy and purpose-driven brands. And people normally get me wrong about the sexy side. And what I mean by <laughs> sexy really is companies that do care about aesthetics, they understand branding extremely well, but they care even more about efficiency and solving a problem efficiently. And I think there's a lot, people don't realize there isn't so many companies that do both greatly. That's true. Or, right? Like, or you are extremely good technically and you have a vision and you execute, but then even your logo doesn't communicate to like what you are building. And that's what I... You're right. If you think about Starbucks or we can name them, who else? Amazon did well with the efficiency and the branding. 
Gosh, there's another yeah. one I'm thinking of that. I'm, Apple, that's the iconic Apple, one. Yeah. yeah, that's the iconic one everybody knows. So those did well on both, right? So Twitter, like there is a lot like of new business models, but again, it was about a very efficient solution with an amazing aesthetic that is engaging. Yeah. Robin Hood, there's like new mm-hmm. companies that are doing that mm-hmm. too. So yes. public, but just like many. But so that's what captivates me is like the sexy purpose-driven brands. And I do use the sustainable development goals as a guideline for my investments. But which which ones are you following? Which ones of the SDGs are you following? So there's one very specific thing about Mana House of Funds, which is we create solo LPs for Mm -hmm. every influential client, like a public figure that wants exposure to VC and doesn't know how to do it yet Mm -hmm. or not so well-structured. So first, I need to understand what their values are. So I show to them the sustainable development goals. I ask them yes. to choose their three favorites. Okay. And then out of that, I create an investment thesis for each family member. It's always micro funds, $12 million per fund, and they're the solo LP. So it varies, but there is only one SDG that every single family member shares. And I also have that in common with them, which is good health and well-being. Uh, of yeah. course, very broad, it can go from alternative protein to mental health to psychedelics and on so each member can see that same sdg in a different way but they all share so that's what i can say that we all are investing in oh very interesting very interesting thank you for sharing that so what are you currently learning or listening to or reading these days reading right here at my desk i'm reading a a book called Becoming. becoming started this weekend and I'm, I can't stop reading. It's so good. It goes, it's like, it's a couple that wrote and it goes around their journey with love, self-love and the love with each other, but creating through partnership, their journey with psychedelics and then becoming like this force of empowerment as coaches and on. But what I think fascinating is like how open they are about psychedelics and being vulnerable about their relationship and I think that's something I'm putting a lot of time. It's more on the human side of things in the investment world. So, okay, how can we truly be more vulnerable? How can we truly connect even as an investor to the founders? Like, how can I be a true mentor and guide to them? And how I can always be learning from them with them too. So this is a book that just started, but a wonderful one. I was also reading The Future of Food is Female from Jennifer. Got that book last week. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Talk about the whole vegan mafia and the alternative protein and how like so many women are taking over the investment side of that specific yeah, industry. There's a lot, lot of women Super in that. Yeah. Future of food and alternative mm-hmm. food. And a lot of women also creating a lot of the alternative food and thinking about it, which yes. is good as well. It's wonderful. Yeah. All right. Anything else you're learning or listening to or reading these days you want to tell people? I guess I'm like super excited about the psychedelics too as an investment vertical. I know it's still new. I was a good investor in cannabis a few years ago. I learned a lot, learned to be more responsible in those investments too, Mm -hmm. to make sure that backing the founders who do care, who understand their responsibility in the industry. And I feel the same way in psychedelics now. I think there's wonderful founders like really focus on research and changing the system per se yeah. but like going through the FDA and the schedule one thing like really rethinking really the whole way psychedelics are seen today 
And there's also a lot of founders that have no clue what's going on, but they're creating like beautiful brands that are not legal yet. I'm very aware of the ones I shouldn't be back in, just like curious to learn where they're going. But I'm very excited about the ones that are being so grounded and responsible on this vertical, which I think is again aligned to the human side. Yeah, it will help humanity to evolve. It's interesting who is utilizing psychedelics now. It's getting a little more widespread usage and understanding yeah people are starting no it's cool people are starting to really talk about it more right oh if you think about aaron Rodgers, he's like hey i'm these psychedelics and so okay didn't know that was needed by you but it made (laughs) sense so athletes are using it other people are using it so that's interesting i think it'll get more and more talked about and not as a negative thing most people use psychedelics in a negative way yeah, there's just like so much bias and wrong information. There's a new series called How to Change Your Mind that was based in the book from Michael Pollan. And my parents were visiting like that last month. They watched by day three because each episode is like one is MDMA, the other one is LSD, the third one is like mushrooms, whatever. And then my father looked at me and he's a doctor, super traditional, but very open to research and open to learn. And then he looked at me like, bah, can I just try mushrooms? And I was like, of course you can, but what's your intention, right? What do you want? And I do have access to microdosing and a lot of things. So he saw on my desk, can I get some dosing here and test? I was like, yeah, that's very soft, very gentle. And he loved, he was like, life. And then he did for a week here. And it was so interesting to see someone, like, I know he's what, 70 two years old being open and evolving and then his heart is open he's communicating more about things that relate to feelings that he would feel but he wouldn't really say it wow. yes that's interesting so it, that's absolutely a space to be watching yes so in two years yes in two years bob when we're talking again but we'll be talking before that how do you see venture capital or investing changing or evolving there's the whole movement with web3 right and nfts and i'm not super involved but i see a lot going on there that will involve that will cause to evolve the industry in general i'm seeing this also i don't know if you heard about twitter but it's like a new platform for investing directly in startups so the same as yes. Robin Lodge did for us now like we truly investing we see like I know we had AngelList and other platforms but having an app that truly does what they did for real estate before I think with VC industry has been trying like first with the blockchain wave and the crypto wave with the ICOs but that wasn't what the VC industry needed to be more equal to give more opportunities Mm -hmm. for people to really come in so I think platforms like Sweater and on could be real game changers and that's my hope actually because coming from where I came it took me so long and so much work to get access to deals to be able to become an angel investor and then a VC that my dream is for everyone to have access to this industry that I'm passionate about and it's so captivating and if you are willing to get informed and back companies that are aligned to what you want to see in the world. This is the best platform for that. Wonderful. Wonderful. So how do people contact you? I'm on Instagram. It's Baminozzi, B-A-M-I-N-O-Z-Z-I. Same on LinkedIn. And my email is ba at umana, U-M-A-N-A, hof.com.com. Wonderful. So thank you so much. Bye. I'm a, I'm a Barbara. 
No, but I'm also Barbara, but I, because I moved to the U.S., it sounds only different than Barbara. And I'm Barbara as well. You're Barbara as well? Barbara, yes. I am as well. (laughs) So good. Thank you so much, Barmanuzi, from Umana, H-O-F, for being my guest on the Female VC Lab podcast. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, we'll stop. This episode is brought to you by Trail and Ventures. Find and invest in the next billion dollar emerging tech company. Sign up for our exclusive content at https colon slash slash trailin T-R-A-I-L-Y-N dot com to find out more. Find us on Apple on Spotify, and on Google Podcasts. Thank you for listening.